It's green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Welcome back to Green and Growing on WSB Radio here in Atlanta. Hour number two. And those of you that listen to the show religiously now, yeah, it's a gardening show. We talk all kinds of things. But the second hour of the show, I always like to kick it off with Celebrity Gardener. I find people famous around Georgia, around Atlanta, and bring their gardening stories or childhood memories to you. And you know what? This is the first Georgia Bulldog I've had. I can't believe I've done 20-something shows and haven't had someone from my alma mater on yet. Had Coach Jeff Collins on a couple of months ago from Georgia Tech. But without further ado, college football Hall of Famer and former head football coach for the Dogs, Coach Jim Donnan. Good morning. Good morning. Glad to be with you. Glad to be the first dog on your show, but I'm probably the worst guy you could have to talk about gardening. But uh, real proud of you, what you've done since you left UGA. And I know everybody is enjoying the fan base you've built up with this show. It's uh, I've heard a lot of good things about it. I've, after you told me that you were going to have me on, I uh, kind of researched it and then uh, you've developed quite a niche there in the Atlanta area and I'm sure it'll continue to prosper. Thank you, Coach. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, you know, and, and I'm like you, where I thought, yeah, I gardened with my parents when I was a kid, but it was more of a chore. And then starting to work with Walter Reeves, and, you know, we all have mutual friends, too, with he and uh, Mr. Armitage and, of course, Coach Dooley, you know, with the hydrangeas and his garden books and stuff there. But working for Walter Reeves for so many years, the garden show just landed in my lap, and here we are. So I'm not going to ask any awkward, strange questions about gardening, like what time of year do you prune the roses or anything, but what do you like about being outdoors at your home over in the Athens area? Well, I'm getting plenty of time to be outdoors here with this uh, COVID situation. You know, uh, we've had pretty much lockdown around our community Mm -hmm. uh, from my standpoint, but Certainly got plenty of uh, of room around here and uh, got some beautiful landscape uh, lawn that uh, we put in when I first got the job, but I don't have much to do with that. But I do have a friend that I play tennis with, Andy Holmeyer, who is a very avid uh, gardener and landscape guy that just kind of likes to do things out of the blue and uh, help me out. So anytime I got any kind of gardening help, and of course I can always ask Coach Dooley, but uh, then the guy that lives across the street from me has actually a lawn maintenance company that uh, certainly I can ask things about. But Andy, a real funny story here. I had to get some things done to a couple of my trees, and he he said he could do it, and he loves to do it as a kind of avocation. So he comes over here and cuts around there and everything, and then – Two days later, I had two day, two of my neighbors call me up and say, hey, what's that guy's name that works <laughs> on your trees? I want to put him to work. And wow. They kind, of, kind of laughed at it, but it was funny. Well, you are surrounded by a lot of good garden knowledge for sure. Let me ask you, if there was one task out in the yard that you tell the wife or you just look at and say, uh-uh, I'm not doing it, what is it? Well, I don't know about that. I mean, anything she tells me to do, I got to try <laughs> at least, you know, uh, uh, so I'm I'm not real I'm not real adept at anything. She she's a lot better about with all that about the going around the bushes and and flowers planting flowers and everything. She's got some uh, nice potted plants around the swimming pool and everything. But uh, you know, 
I just think it's good to take a little pride in your yard. Uh, my, my parents were always big on being neat. I'm not a real neat freak, but I mean, I think it's important to uh, be really uh, neat around your home and around the outside, and we try to do a good job with that. Yeah, sure. And if you entertain, you have folks over, you you take a huge sense of pride in all of that. You're absolutely correct. Well, you just alluded to growing up in North Carolina there, Coach, here with Coach Jim Donnan, former head football coach for the Bulldogs, of course, went to and played for NC State. Tell me about some of your favorite college memories. I know it's hard to pick one or two, but let's try. Well, you know, NC State was an agriculture school that uh, certainly had a lot of different degrees, but some of my fondest uh, memories of friends there the guys were in actually in agriculture or architecture and things like that and uh, we had to uh, take some classes which you know were mandatory one of them was landscape gardening wow. and uh, it was supposed to be a crip course that anybody could make a good grade on it was just one that everybody had to take and unfortunately my the year that I was taking it the, the day after the first class the, the head of the department came in and said I'm sorry to tell you this but your professor's had a heart attack and we're gonna have to have change the routine here but fortunately for us we've got a guy from Duke Gardens who is in charge of the gardens and he's going to take over the class and that class went from being an A to everybody scrambling to pass it because <laughs> this guy wanted us to classify all the plants and do all that stuff and we had to go over to the Duke Gardens and go through all that we learned a lot but it, it definitely wasn't a class that uh, anybody would have signed up for if we knew we had to do that but as far as memories you know we had a good coach in Earl Edwards and he was nice enough to hand me a chance to uh, take a job there right out of college. But I guess one of the highlights for us was actually beating Georgia in a Liberty Bowl my last year and uh, met a lot of guys then who ended up being guys that have helped me at Georgia that played for the Bulldogs and, of course, Coach Dooley himself. So, But we had uh, a lot of good guys on the team, and I've always said you can't win with bums, Ashley, and most of those guys have turned out to be outstanding fathers and uh, really good parts of the community and heads of corporations and coaches and uh, uh, really good uh, guys that played on that team that I really have fond memories of. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, so you are, would it be fair to say football is life for you? Is that accurate? Yeah, I mean, of course, the family's first, that's for sure. But uh, I, I was a, I've been a football lifer, so to speak, in a standpoint I've played ever since uh, – I was like eight years old and organized sports. And then when I got out of college, I went right into coaching and met a lot of good guys along the way. And then after I retired from coaching, I actually continued in the TV and radio and stayed with the game and got to see a lot of my coaching friends when I do their games on TV and uh, got to meet people like you who worked in sports information over at uh, under Claude Felton. So a lot of, uh, a lot of people I've met over the years that uh, have turned out to be really successful. That was one of the most fun jobs that just fell in my lap. You know, I went through the journalism school there at the Grady College, and that job opened up for a position at the Athletic Association and Sports Information. And I thought, I've got some time to do this. But working with Carlene Lawrence and Claude Felton and um, Coach Mark Richt at the time, I even got to spend a lot of time with Coach Dan McGill. We started this segment for the website for georgiadogs.com back then, just a weekly chat with Coach McGill because we knew we had to get all of those good stories from him. You know, I mean, he is a treasure. He is an icon there at UGA. Wouldn't you agree? 
Yeah, I mean, Coach McGill, what can you not say about right. him? And, of course, I've had a chance to meet his, his family and get closer to his son, who I play tennis with. But, you know, fortunately for me, uh, when I got here, I was a football coach and everything. But Coach McGill knew about me from tennis because one of his players, Jim Causey, mm-hmm. uh, who unfortunately was in a car wreck and paralyzed, but uh, had told Coach McGill about me when I was in high school. And we talked a little bit, but I was going to NC State. But as soon as I got here, he, of course, was his memory. He remembered everything. And he was glad to have a football coach that actually had some tennis background. And the first day I was here, you can imagine, Ashley, being in sports information with Claude. He had all these people I needed to, to talk to after being on having an introductory press conference. And I had to, of course, go recruiting and call up kids and everything. But the one thing that was pressing was Coach McGill just couldn't understand well, I didn't want to come over there and let him show me through the college tennis <laughs> Hall of Fame. Yeah. And I said, Coach, I said, I got some other things to do, but I'll be there. He said, well, you can do that later. You need to come on over here. <laughs> so finally, uh, Claude said, probably be best to do it because you don't want him to start worrying about it. So I went over there, and uh, it was very enlightening. I mean, for two hours, he showed me these old tennis rackets. and He knew yes. every play and everything that ever happened. But, boy, he was a big comrade of mine the whole time I was here and really navigated me through some good times and bad times. But very perceptive man and uh, was like a second father to me here. He was just very close. We, uh, he certainly missed here at UGA. He's definitely Mr. Bulldog talking about gardening he was out there when they came to work around that the tennis courts and around the uh, hall of fame he was out there with a mandate i mean he was making sure that everybody was right on cue Mm -hmm. about everything had to be immaculate and he had a beautiful yard over there in his house i mean i don't know if you ever were there but he had all kind of things over there, grapevines. I mean, he had everything over there, and he he just enjoyed being out with nature. That's something about gardeners, too. I never did get to see Coach McGill's spot, and I'm hoping to go see Coach Dooley here soon on the show, maybe coming up in the fall. But something about gardeners, just sharing knowledge with each other, just like you said when you were new at the Athletic Association and at Georgia – Everyone just kind of takes you on as a family. And gardeners, I feel, are the same way. And, I mean, sharing plants, sharing cuttings of plants. You know, you've got your grandma's 100-year-old whatever, you know, that you've kept alive. Gardeners are a a very good bunch. Well, I'm here with Coach Jim Donnan, of course, College Football Hall of Famer and North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame, too. And you and I talked about Coach Vince Dooley, but you've got ties to another Dooley whom I once heard you refer to as the father of ACC football. Yeah, you know, Bill Dooley was uh, very good to me. I mean, he took me at an early age. I had just left North Carolina State and gone to Florida State, and he hired me at uh, at uh, UNC, which is kind of a lot of people never forgiven me for that because it's <laughs> like guy from going from Tech to Georgia right. or vice versa. But, you know, and it's kind of like a bank. You know, people go among banks. And people, Pat Dye played at Georgia, coached at Auburn, coached Dooley, coached at at Georgia played at Auburn. I mean, there's nothing you can, once you get out in the coaching world, you got to go where the opportunities lie. But Coach Dooley, Bill Dooley, was just a, a veteran, tough guy that had some really good coaches. I think he ended up uh, with 11 guys that coached for him that ended up in his coaching tree, become head coaches, and uh, have branched out all around the country. So Coach Dooley, uh, 
really kind of reinvigorated ACC, brought a lot of SEC recruiting techniques that he learned under Coach Vince Dooley here and uh, just really dominated ACC in the uh, 70s. And we had a really good run there, had a lot of good players like Lawrence Taylor and just so many good athletes. It's a good program. I hope they don't do too good and beat (laughs) NC State, but uh, hopefully – NC State will get it going again, too. That's right. Those rivalries. And can't go without mentioning Derek, of course. And, and you know, I didn't hate him when he coached at the University of Tennessee. I just didn't. Yeah, that was a difficult situation for, I'm sure, for Vince and Barbara because, I mean, you know, their son's coaching at Tennessee. And he took over there at a tough time where, you know, they just he really tried to rebuild it. And that's the one thing that everybody needs to understand when you take over a job is not what, what exactly – you're doing there, but who you got to beat. And uh, at that time, you know, everybody else, Florida and Tennessee were kind of at their zenith, kind of like when I was here. And I think the same thing's true with Jeff Collins. You mentioned him over mm-hmm. tech. I, I feel good about him, his background. And, uh, you know, I don't want to see him take over Georgia by any means, but I do feel like he's a good guy for the job. Jeff Collins is one of those guys you've got to root for. He's got a lot of passion and knowledge of football, and just you can really tell how he feels about the players. You know, he's a young coach, younger coach, that really can relate to that age, and I think the players love him all the more for it. Well, Coach Donnan, if you don't mind, I'm going to hold you over, and we'll come right back at the break. I have a couple more questions about the upcoming football season. All right. All right, we'll be right back. We're going to check traffic and weather here on 95.5 WSB. All right, the update on your weekend weather brought to you by Finley Roofing. I have on the phone with me former head football coach for the Bulldogs, 96 to 2000. I just missed you when I entered Athens in 2001. Coach Jim Donnan, welcome back to the show. Of course, I got to get to know you when you're working at the SID office and uh, enjoy this first segment with you and looking forward to talking a little football here this last part. You're one of the greatest football minds in the Southeast by far. Your thoughts on the Bulldogs this upcoming fall and hopefully we'll see them play. We need sports, Ashley. There's no question about that, but we got to do it as safely as we can. And we're very fortunate to have Ron Corson here as our trainer, who's not only a local guy, but he's a nationally renowned in the College Trainers Hall of Fame. He's a, you know, when they go to Congress to talk about head issues, Ron's one of the first ones. So he's right on top of everything. That being said, if we do play, I feel good about our team. I'm worried a little bit about no spring practice, but it's the same thing for everybody. We've got an outstanding defense coming back, probably the best back seven that we've had under Kirby. And from the standpoint, linebackers, defensive backs, depth there. Uh, got some really good young defensive linemen to go with some veterans. And uh, I think our defense is going to be among the best in the country. Offensively, got some question marks for sure because you got to replace Swift and Fromm. But oh, I do like uh, this, this, this transfer quarterback from Wake Forest and the one from Southern Cal, uh, JT Daniels. So those along with the guys we got here uh, – should be good enough for us at quarterback and we got a few questions at the offensive line but I still got to go with the dogs 100 percent. and coach Kirby Smart we are definitely in capable hands with him of course and this is honestly the build-up to fall coach Donnan is my absolute favorite time because of all the analysis all the hope I mean it's just renewed hope year after year after year and the Bulldog Nation never gives that up the, the thing that I really feel good about Georgia is with Kirby in charge you know he's really kind of a, a guy that's been here and gone to school here mm-hmm. so it just uh, has a little added edge having your head coach be a graduate and fortunately for me 
I was his coach, and he's been able to uh, been very good to me to let me get involved and go into some of their camps and watching. What's really good is when you go to a camp and see one of the players that you coach have his son there. You know, Amazing. guys like Landis Gary, hopefully, you know, have grown up on the big Bulldogs. Well, we are so lucky that you still consider Bulldog Nation and Athens your home, and we're so glad to still have you around. And for folks that have maybe missed you, I mean, we've seen you on ESPN over the years and all of that, but how can folks keep up with you now, Coach? Hopefully listen to the show here a couple <laughs> times, but uh, – I'm on UGA Sports Live a couple of times a week on a uh, podcast. The reason I started that was the first year things were a little bit shaky there. We didn't win quite as much as we mm-hmm. would like to, and some people were on Kirby that I didn't think were very fair. So I felt it was important for me to get out there and stand up and explain some of the reasons of which maybe we weren't quite as good a personnel as everybody thought. So I enjoy spending that, and that's part of my deal, just trying to promote Kirby and uh, – certainly behind the dogs and and pulling for a big year for Kirby and and, uh, all the players. I have high hopes for Coach Smart and the Bulldogs this fall as well. And Coach Donnan, I hope that we can all maybe catch you at Sanford Stadium during football season sooner rather than later. Real proud of you, Ashley, and I'm glad you reached out to me. And anything I can do to help you, let me know. Go dogs! Have a great Saturday. Really appreciate you waking up early with us. Glad to do it. Go dogs. Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries on 95.5 WSB. Hey, thanks for tuning in to Green and Growing on 95.5 WSB this morning. I'm your host, Ashley Frasca. We still talk to gardening with Coach Jim Donnan. And you know what? If you are a self admitted not good gardener, I think your opinion and your experience still counts, so don't count yourself out. you got to try new things. The only way we have success is by failure, so it's okay to fail. It's not okay, or it's okay if you're not a master gardener or didn't get the tomatoes right the first season. You just try again, and we learn from our mistakes. So welcome back to the show. This is for beginners, too. I am, I'm not a beginner, but I'm close. I'm, I do not have the experience that Walter Reeves had of the background of, you know, chemistry background and horticulturalist and all that. But we learn together, and I really think that's that's the importance of the show is just I don't want you to feel dumb. I don't want you to be embarrassed about a call that you need to make and just what's going on? I don't understand. And we learn together. And I also love hearing from the callers who just call to offer their two cents. They pipe in with, hey, Ashley, did you know, blah, blah, blah. Or I've tried this and it's worked successfully. Let that other caller know that maybe this is a suggestion. I love that. Gardeners are such a good community and a passionate bunch. So I think we all get along and help each other out just fine. So today, so far, it seems to me that the theme of your calls are spotted leaves, whether it's been on tomatoes, whether it's been on roses. So black spot is going to be something you're really commonly seeing. I think it could affect your hydrangeas as well. Just looking out for the leaves going from green to yellow to brown to black. And nine times out of 10, I really think that's going to be the case. It's not something deeper going on. So black spot is a fungus, unfortunately. And it's just, it's it's been so wet It's bad cultural practices in some cases. Um, All plants need airflow. They just need air to be able to dry the leaves out, good air circulation, spacing, proper spacing in between the plants. All of those things are going to prevent 
you know, that. But at, at some points in summertime, when it rains so much, we just can't avoid the moisture, right? So black spot's going to be something that you're seeing on the leaves. And don't worry. Don't fret. It's it's not fatal. It's not the end of the world. But the best thing you can do, avoid overhead watering. I've learned that, and I'm, I'm just as guilty of it as anybody else. But like tomato plants, for example, too, overhead watering can just bring on so many more problems. So watering at the base of a plant, either in the early morning or late evening, not in the middle of the day. You're not doing it any good there. Um, and good cultural practices, like once you do see that you have something affecting the plant, remove all the debris, whether it's old mulch, whether it's leaves that have fallen, because fungal spores will live on the leaves that have fallen. So you want to take all of that away from the plant. And I just go by the knockout roses and, you know, pluck the affected leaves off. Now I do need to use a fungicide and I've been researching fungicides a little bit throughout the show. There are so many active ingredients in all the different kinds. BioAdvanced makes a good one. Bonide makes a number of good fungicides. There's a copper fungicide that Jason and I were talking about off the air and that is safe to use up to the day of harvest if you're using that on herbs or vegetables or things like that. But any of those things and Walter Reeves recommends actually alternating fungicides because you don't just like your body, you know, you don't want to become resistant to an allergy medicine or resistant and intolerant of an antibiotic just after prolonged use. So a fungicide is going to be the same way. Maybe if you use one and wait nine or 10 days and then you still see the problem, use another kind. And that's going to kind of trick the plant. So I appreciate the calls on that. And we'll keep taking them. 404-872-0750. Up next is Barry in Brazelton. Good morning. Welcome to Green and Growing. Good morning. Enjoying this beautiful uh, sunrise here this morning. Isn't it? So that is the Saharan dust storm, you know, that kicked up and traveled all the way across the ocean to see us. And I know it's probably driving people crazy with allergies, but isn't it beautiful, Barry? It's great. It is nice this morning. Hey, I've got a problem with some hydrangeas. I've got uh, several in my backyard that, and uh, I got two that just will not bloom. They are healthy, green, nice big, beautiful plants, but they're, the ones around them are blooming, but uh, I've got two that just will not bloom this year. Now, what kind are they? Are they the mop head, like the big fluffy ones? Uh, they're the purple ones. I don't know. They're, we planted them about three or four years ago. I'm not sure okay. exactly what kind they are. Well, but, let me uh, ask you two questions sure. of things that maybe you've done to affect it, but it may not be you, so I just got to rule those out. Okay. Do you, do you sure. prune? No. Okay, so you don't prune them, so that's not the problem. And um, what was the other one? What did I, oh, do you fertilize them? Uh, no, we have not fertilized them because uh, actually the ones around them have, are blooming, but these this, these two just will not bloom. We have done the same thing to all of them. We just plant them and water them and hope for the best. But uh, the ones around them are nice, got beautiful purple blooms on them. I've got two, and they, they are in the shade most of the day. I don't know if they're in, and I know hydrangeas need shade, but they don't get much sunlight at all. I just wonder if that might be the problem. Yeah, and just depending on the type of hydrangea, you know, how much sun they like. But if the others in that area are doing fine. So the ideal setting for hydrangeas does tend to move more toward like m- morning sun and afternoon right. shade. Um, so for sure that and also something that you had no control over as well was we did have a late spring freeze too and I know that seems like such a cop out of an answer but that really ruined a lot of things like paper bush edgeworthia is one thing I could think of that was just really affected by that late spring freeze it was sometime in March if I recall correctly and it really just could have gotten to one plant and not affected the others that one plant was just maybe a little more susceptible um, so in this case, how long has it been that they haven't bloomed? Did you say two years? 
No, they they bloom last year. They're just not blooming this year. Okay, okay. So yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of those two. So another thing that the reason I asked you was pruning because a lot of us prune them at the wrong time, you know. And right. when we prune them at the wrong time, we're actually taking off the the new growth that it's putting on to support it next spring. Or when I asked about fertilizer, too much nitrogen can also result in lots of leaves and all of that, but no flowers. So Barry, in this case, I'm going to go with either that late spring freeze or just not enough sun. Um, okay. So yeah, well, like you, said, they're they're pretty and healthy, and the ones around are blooming. So we'll just uh, yeah, I'd leave be thankful them. that they're health that they're healthy, and uh, maybe next year we'll get some blooms on those. We'll I hope so. The ones that are blooming now, because you've got a beautiful kind of hydrangea for sure. And and you're absolutely right by wondering what the heck. Like mine, same with the peony. I babied that peony plant. I had a beautiful bloom last year. This year, nothing. And I heard from a lot of gardeners that were just like, you know, we didn't have enough chill hours over the the winter. It just didn't get chill enough for that tuber to really do what it needed to do. So sometimes you just scratch your head and move on. <laughs> well, plants plants are like children. Sometimes they bloom and sometimes they don't. I guess that's <laughs> so right. We'll, sometimes they behave we'll be, and sometimes they that's do. That's right. Not. So we'll just be thankful for the ones we got blooming and hope for the best for next year. Yeah, and I'm really I'm really proud of you. It's nothing you did, so you're doing just fine. Keep doing what you're doing. Well, I'm I'm pretty good at doing nothing in the yard, so uh, that's, that's that's one of my strong suits. So that's we'll, the we'll luckiest, keep, <laughs> luckiest we'll keep doing. Yeah, that's right. Just keep doing nothing and hope for the best. Luckiest kind of gardener. Thanks so much. Great to hear from you, Barry. That made me laugh. That's really cool. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty. Carrie, up in are you in Forsyth, Georgia, or Forsyth County? Forsyth, the city of Forsyth. Okay, excellent. Down south. Well, how can I help? Hey, I'm going to keep up with the spot theme. I have uh, <laughs> what I think is dollar dollar spots in my Bermuda lawn, and I know I can use the fungicide, but somebody told me that's always the case. Somebody tells you that uh, I could use a high nitrogen fertilizer and that would fix it as well. So I'm not sure. What do you think? Hmm. Okay. Well, dollar spot, go ahead and explain, like describe it to me and let's make sure that's what you've got. Cause it is, it is brought on now with the warmer temperatures and all of that. So it could be, but I just want to make sure we don't have it confused with brown patch. Right. Well, it, it is turning brown and it started out as little circles, but now it's sort of spread to like, bigger spots like the circles are sort of merging together so yeah i mean it could be something else but i just assumed it was dollar spot yeah so so a high nitrogen fertilizer you know nitrogen helps the plant grow up right so we want we want a stronger turf we want it to grow up so i think that's probably it dollar spot is often associated with like i said these warmer temperatures and something is lacking in that fertilizer so moderate amount of fertilizer don't go overboard thinking the more the better and then how are you watering are you pretty consistent with moisture uh, mostly I've been, we've had tons of rain, but if, if we've had dry, if we've had like a few days without rain, I will turn on my sprinkler system for a couple of hours. Yeah. Okay. So I would start with the fertilizer too. And if you're just one of those guys that wants to see results now, a lawn fungicide, you know, could help slow it at least. Um, but with, with the application of lawn fungicides, I mean, it's just timing it out with the amount of rain that we get and all that kind of stuff too so if any turf experts have a little bit better advice for carrie i'd love for you to weigh in too 404-872-0750 but carrie i think you're on the right track and at least you identified it early and you're going to get ahead of it but i think between the lawn fungicide and a good nitrogen fertilizer that's going to really help and proper mowing techniques with bermuda that's so important too and you sound like you know i mean you've you've had this lawn for a while yes i've had it for a while although my blades my mower may need to be sharpened. I don't know if that can play into it or not, but yeah. That could, yeah. Bermuda and centipede are a little more 
picky, you know, about the the sharpness of the mower blades. Fescue is so forgiving and all of that, too. But, um, yeah, no, I think you're on the right track. I think you're doing just fine. Okay, thanks. Great. Thank you so much. Now, I love it. Carrie had a problem. Carrie's like, I think I got a fix to the problem. And I agree. I mean, if your gut's telling you something or if you've at least spoken to some neighbors that have the same problem or experiencing the same thing, then I think you're on the right track. That's definitely something we're going to be seeing more of, too, is diseases in the lawn just because it's wet and it's hot. And that is such a good environment for um for diseases to crop up and it's just something you got to stay ahead of but so proper mowing techniques really and blade height i know some of you have a mower that you have literally never adjusted the blade height on that mower and tisk tisk we we got to keep up with that and make sure you're not scalping those summer summer lawns like a lot of people are tempted to do and also proper irrigation um it's better to water less for longer periods of time than watering too frequently, just constantly. And, you know, you keep up with the rain, too. If we've had enough rain, that actually is really good for you because it's less that you have to do and your water bill stays a little lower as well. But uh, Jason and I, my my producer here, we were talking about proper, you know, mowing heights and things like that, and that's so important. You've got Bermuda, right? I have centipede. Centipede. Yeah. But so what? what's your, you know, recommendation for mowing that? I keep my mower... It uh, probably about the middle, a little under that. So it cuts at about three inches. And mm-hmm. I do very little to my grass. And it's bright green and healthy every year. And you notice that the neighbors have centipede too. And what are they doing wrong? They are scalping it. Yeah. And it all dies and it turns brown and is gross and has patchy spots all through it. Mm-hmm. And they've asked me and I'm like, I, I just cut it at the right height. And I was amazed here. I mean, last summer was a little bit different animal than probably what we're in now, but how infrequently you had to mow. Yeah. Without rain last year, I think I cut my grass six times last year. Yeah. So that's it was not so the, easy. I love that. And that's not the case with most of us. I mean, I'm keeping up with the, uh, with the fescue lawn every fescue six or seven grows days. like a weed. Yeah. My dad, every Saturday <laughs> or Sunday when we're over at their house, I'm like, oh man, it's time to cut the grass again. And he's like, it's been four days. Yeah. With all the rain, it is a weekly process for sure. So Kathy in Cartersville, we're going to get to you next, but we're going to take a break, check traffic and weather, and we will be back on Green and Growing. Thanks for listening this morning to WSB. So you want to know how to plan your weekend? Well, we've got your weather update sponsored by Finley Roofing today. Partly to mostly cloudy, a few scattered thunderstorms possible, pretty much the same as yesterday, but looking for a high in the mid-80s. And tomorrow, a little warmer. It's close to 90 around Metro Atlanta, less of a chance of rain. But of course, a stray afternoon thunderstorm is possible. Not likely, but of course, it's summertime in Georgia, so you know what that means. Green, Green and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. Get through these three things pretty quickly if you need to get out this weekend. Number one, just a reminder, you don't have to bag or rake your grass clippings. You can let them lie on the lawn to return nitrogen to the soil. That's a good thing. Unless you've waited too long between mowings, then you probably should bag it because you're going to have weeds and all these other things you don't want to return to the soil. More Mow frequently if the grass is growing fast. That's definitely once, maybe even twice a week. 
for some of you and never remove more than one third of the blade of the grass at any time. That goes back to Jason and I talking about proper mowing height. Number two, to protect bees that pollinate our crops, spray pesticides in the evening if you have to after the bees have returned to their home. And number three, easy tip to remove cucumbers. You want to turn the fruit parallel to the vine and just give it a quick snap when they're ready. You, that prevents the uh, vine damage. You've got to keep that part intact. Just a clean break, cut or pull the cucumbers, leaving a short stem on each. So that's a good tip for harvesting cucumbers. Hopefully you're enjoying some of those here pretty soon. Some of you are enjoying tomatoes already and even blueberries and strawberries. I love it. 404-872-0750. Good morning to Kathy in Cartersville. Hey. Hey, good morning. Hey, how can um, I help? Listen, I have been... Um, raising or growing uh, amaryllis bulbs for like 30 years oh. and um, I, I have a, a bunch of them because you know they reproduce so much but right. I gave some to a friend of mine and she was getting they started blooming twice a year for her and I'm like why and so I found out that recently that she told me she cuts the stalks off as soon as they get done blooming mm-hmm. and I just wondered about that is that is that going to damage the bloom I mean the the bulb do they need uh, to have a, enough time to rest. I don't, it's I, not, I've never, I, I just never thought of doing that. Yeah. And it's not necessary for sure, but it's, it can totally be done. And I do that as well. And a lot of thing, folks think that with irises and daffodils and things too, removing the stalk, you go down to the very base. That's totally fine to do, Kathy. What it's doing is just reserving up some energy that's not needed to go to that dead stalk anymore. It can go back into the bulb, but you always leave the foliage, always leave the leaves, whether it's on those daffodils, irises, amaryllis, that's what the bulb needs. They get energy from the leaves. So, hey, if she's had uh, success with that and it works, and I know you've done it successfully for 30 years, but yeah, and just two, it drives me crazy just looking at expired flowers anyways. So, yep, remove that stalk all the way at the base, and it's going to be a good thing for the amaryllis. Going to take a break, and then hour number three of Green and Growing here on WSB. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.